chapter 4, we are going to look at verses 35 through 41. Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. Give you guys a second to go there if you have your Bibles. Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, this is Jesus, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and sea obey him? Who then is this? that even the wind and sea obey him. Why do we fear? Why do we fear? Uh, why does fear sometimes grip us? Why does fear sometimes control us? And what happens when we fear? Fear, when we fear, it'll lead us to anxiety. It'll lead us to poor decision-making. It'll also lead us to try to grip for some semblance of control. Some semblance of control. Um, we have seen this in massive scale this past year, the past 12, 13 months. Um, what can happen when fear takes grip of a society, when fear tries to rule? And many of us have been, have been crippled by fear at moments. I, mean, I don't know... About you, but you have had you had moments where you're just like you, you're fearing the unknown. You're fearing sickness. You're fearing the unknown. You're fearing political control. You're fearing your future. You're fearing your job. Will it still be around? You're fearing financial security. The fear, 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 fear. Right now, I think more so than ever in my lifetime is trying to swallow us whole. And so we look around for things to try to get a handle on the fear, to try to control the fear, to try to maybe push back the fear. And others try to use fear to gain control, to gain some sort of power, to gain some sort of wedge. But why do we fear? What causes us to fear? And what would be the root solution Freeing us from fear. What Jesus offers here, and what he'll actually offer throughout chapter 5, is he's going to demonstrate while, why knowing Jesus, why understanding who Jesus is, why being in relationship with Jesus can free you from fear. And all of the junk that comes after fear. Jesus offers freedom. But first, we have to understand why we fear in the first place. Why we fear in the first place. Uh, let's look at this verse. Okay, so they're, they're in a scary situation. You might be in a scary 
circumstance, right? The past 12 months has felt like a scary circumstance. It's felt like a storm. They're in a really scary circumstance, right? They're in the boat. It says waves are just coming up over the boat. It's like they're flooding in. Wind is coming. Just if They're like, we're going to die. This is the storm that is going to get us. I don't know if you've ever been out in the middle of the ocean when, like, the, the weather churns. And, like, even in, like, a nice, secure, safe little motorboat, it starts to, you, 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 you feel your smallness when you're out in the middle of the ocean, right? And you feel the ocean's bigness. And so they, they say this question in verse 38, but he was in the stern asleep on the cushion, and they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Do you not care? Like, we're dying. We're dying right now. Do you not care? So, why do they fear? One, first reason we see their fear is they underestimate God's care. They underestimate God's care for them. Or they're unsure if he even does care for them. So they're in a scary circumstance... And they're not sure if Jesus cares for them. I was, uh, I lived in San Diego for eight and a half years, led a church plant there. And while I was in San Diego, I dabbled in surfing. Um, and I'll say dabble uh, because that's very much what it was. I wouldn't call myself a surfer. I would call myself someone who's trying not to drown with a board. Um, that would be a great description. One day I was out trying not to drown with a board. And I got caught in this crazy riptide, uh, in this, this undertow. And I'm like, one moment, like the way this works is like one moment you're trying to like swim or catch a wave. And then the next moment you're like, those are my lawn chairs. They're really, really far. They're really small. I would need like binoculars to get to see them. And you're looking around, you're like, I'm getting pulled further and further and further. And you kind of start to like freak, right? Um, you start to panic, and then you're trying to make your way in. But the thing is, in Riptide, like, if you're trying to make your way in, you're, you're, you're just kind of like, like this, right? And what you're supposed to do if you get in a kind of undertow Riptide is swim to the side and swim out of it. That'll help you get out of it. Um, only problem, well, I'll save that for later. I was trying to get out of it. It wasn't working. Oh, lo and behold, nice, like, Baywatch red, like, lifeguard truck pulls up, lifeguard comes out, gets on his megaphone, and starts, starts yelling at me. I'm way, way out there. They pull up the megaphone. Private! Dimension! No! <laughs> I'm drowning out here! Help me! And this is me. Like, I'm just like, at a, now I've had a few times where I've dipped under. I'm getting tired. I'm trying to, like, fight this thing. Um, going to the side didn't work, so now I'm just trying to make it. I'm on my board, so I'm making a little bit of progress, and I'm having moments where I'm dipping under. I'm having moments where I'm, like, losing it. I'm having moments of, like, major fatigue. The waves are crashing me, and, and, and I'm getting, like, to that moment where, like, well, this could be the end. But then I see the lifeguard, and I think, okay, but the lifeguard will come get me, right? And I'm like, come get me! Like, like I'm getting me! Are you coming anytime soon? You know, and he's saying this, all you gotta do is go proud of the And I was like, just get me! And then he's like, he's got like the jet ski like right there next to the truck. I'm like, get the jet ski and do the, the 
fatigue my way all the way to the shore. The whole time the lifeguard's walking back and forth, and every few minutes, don't drown! Try not to! Why don't you do some lifeguarding? Right? And I'm like, this lifeguard doesn't care, he doesn't care, he's just gonna watch me drown out here. And I get up to the shore, and I'm literally, I'm just deadbeat, exhausted, swallowed so much salt water, I'm just, and I come into the lifeguard, and I'm just like, what? Why did you, why did you get me? Did you see, you saw I was like drowning. He's like, the thing is, is we're understaffed right now and we're not supposed to go out and rescue until we're sure you are actually drowning. And I'm like, so near drowning, like almost drowning? He's like, yeah, we can't rescue for almost drowning. We only rescue when we're sure you're drowning because we're understaffed. I'm like, I was almost drowning. Like, what do you mean if I'm drowning, I'm drowned. Like, get me. Before I drown, like that's what that's all I did. You would have given me before I drown, not after I drown. What do you mean? And I remember just sitting there and just going, "This guy doesn't care. He doesn't care." And I'm freaked out. And then I'm like, I was trying to swim to the side, and I was pulling. He's like, "Oh yeah, this is, there's a really weird current here. It goes out into the side. And so if you try to swim to the side, it just keeps pulling you out. You have to swim to the other side." That was what I was yelling through the megaphone. I was like, why didn't you point? Like, point to the way you want me to swim. Oh, that would have been a really good idea. <laughs> Thank you, lifeguard. Thank you for nothing. And I just walked off with my board. And I remember sitting there just being like, this lifeguard doesn't care. And you know, like, ah. And maybe some of you have felt like that this past year. You just feel like, I'm drowning in this. I'm drowning in my fear. I'm drowning in just this this crazy circumstance, I'm drowning in the confusion, and I'm, I'm frustrated, I'm angry, I'm sad, I'm confused, and should I wear a mask, should I not wear a mask, what's going on with the political thing, and the riots, and this, what is even happening in this world, and now little kids are playing sports and us, and I don't get it, and, and this is happening, and that is happening, this, and God, do you even care, do you even care, do you even care? And it's causing this anxiety, and it's causing this pain, and you can't sleep, and you're getting more and more scared by the moment, and fear is trying to swallow you, and you're just like, God, do you even care? Do you even know we're here, God? Do you even know anything's going on, God? And fear is just growing and growing and growing as you, with, with the disciples in the boat, just say, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Do you not care that we are perishing? And the disciples are ruled by fear because they underestimate God's care. But God wakes up, he says, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And Jesus cared the entire time. He's always cared for these disciples. He's always walked with his disciples. He's left heaven to be with them, to show them his deep care. Psalm 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. John 10 says, Jesus is the good shepherd. Why does God, why does this almighty God reveal himself as this shepherd? It's because it was a picture, an illustration of deep, tender,
present care. There's a way to say, I care for you. Psalm 23 goes on to say, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even though I'm in this storm, even though I am confused, even though darkness and fear and this is pressing in, it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. So we do not have to fear because he does care. Every one of your fears, every one of your anxieties, every one of your concerns, every one of the things that's confusing you, frustrating you right now, everything that's trying to press in and swallow you right now, every storm in your life, he is present. He cares. He knows it. He loves you. And he reveals himself to us through the word of God. If you are struggling with fear right now, if you're struggling with fear, one of the reasons you're probably underestimating how much God cares for you, He does care. He loves you. He cares. The second thing it says here in verse 41, and they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? They, they had underestimated Jesus' power. Right? This is a shocking revelation. Like, Jesus goes, peace, be still, boom, storm, settled calm. And his disciples now, they're now afraid of Jesus. Right? They go from afraid of the storm to afraid of Jesus. And why are they now afraid of Jesus? At this point, they had underestimated his power. They didn't know he could do that. They're like, Jesus, is, he's done a lot of great things. He just taught these great parables. We've seen his power. We know he has power. But then he does that, and they're going, who is this? Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Like, what kind of power is this? I used to uh, volunteer for a youth group uh, a lot of years ago, um, pre-kids. And um, one time, what we liked to do at youth group was play dodgeball. And one time, my cousin came to visit and, and volunteer with us and my cousin um he's like six foot three and i think for the time he was playing double a baseball no he was right now he was with the oregon state beavers and he got recruited for the oregon state beavers as a pitcher and he had been just this crazy pitcher he pitched in one game seven of like a little league world series so he like won the little league world series he pitched for team usa he was drafted by the yankees Pitched for the Oregon State Beavers as a top team. Um, anyways, he can throw a ball. And we're playing dodgeball, and he, he, I put him on my team because I, I knew, no one else knew who my cousin was. They're just like, oh, Jake's cousin, cool, right? And they underestimated his power, right? But I did not. I put him on my team. And so he's taking it pretty easy, just blogging, just taking people out right and left. And of course, there's just this one little middle school boy, we'll say his name's Buck, because that was his name. And, and Buck is going like, Cole, you can't get me, you can't hit me, right? You're not gonna get me. And, um, and my cousin gears up to get him. The thing is, Buck was actually really little, really quick. So my cousin gears up to get him, and just goes to unleash the full like 90 mile per hour fastball. <laughs> 
and the ball's coming, and, and Buck's running, and he just drops to the ground. And so the ball goes over Buck and hits 12-year-old overalls, introvert, quietest girl in the whole youth group, eyeglasses, little Holly Phillips right in the face, boom! Glasses shattering everywhere. with the disciples, he's going, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? Do you still not know who I am? Do you still not know that I'm Jesus, that I love you, that I'm the good shepherd, that I care for you? Do you still not know that I'm Jesus, that even the wind and sea obey me? And then he's going to go after this, and he's going to give them more. If we went into chapter 5, he's going to 
go and go up against like thousands of demons, and the demons are going to be freaking out because they know how powerful Jesus is. And he's saying, like, I have power over demons. You don't need to fear demons. I have power over the wind and the sea. You don't need to fear weather or fear earthquakes or fear any of this junk. And then he's going to go and heal a sick woman. He's going to say, I have power over disease and sickness. You do not need to fear disease and sickness. And then he's going to raise a little girl that they, they thought was dead. He's going to say, I have power over death. You don't need to fear death. See, if Jesus is your God and you know how much he cares for you and you know that he's your good shepherd and you know how much power he has with just his word, that he speaks the word and makes it exist. As Hebrew says, he upholds the universe, upholds the universe by the word of his power. And so if he loves me, if he's for me, if he's with me, what, what do I have to fear? Nothing is the answer. But Jesus says the reason that you guys were afraid in the boat is your faith was so small. It was either in a small God, not full scope of who Jesus is. Your faith in how much he cared for you was small. And your faith in how much power you had over the storm was small. Where do you need the Holy Spirit to infuse your faith? Where do you need to be reminded that for you. Where do you need to be reminded how powerful Jesus is in your life? We need him to be both. If he was all powerful and didn't care for you, that wouldn't do you much good, would it? Or what if he cared for you but wasn't all powerful? Just be like my mom trying to get a prepubescent teen onto the soccer team. It wouldn't be much good. Jesus is the good shepherd. 
He cares for you like no one else cares for you. He cares for you like no one else ever will care for you. No one cares for you as intimately and as sacrificially as Jesus. Does Jesus care for you? Absolutely. Look to the cross. Tomorrow's Good Friday. Today we celebrate the cross. I encourage you. Meditate on the cross tomorrow. Meditate on and remember how much he loves you. You're looking for a place to celebrate that we'll be celebrating that at miracle ranch at 650 tomorrow night 650 tomorrow night miracle ranch um, and if your church is celebrating it um, i encourage you to go and look to the cross look to the cross remember as you meditate on that story think to yourself does he care Is he powerful? Look at the empty tomb. Does he care? Look at the cross. Is he powerful? Look at the empty tomb. Jesus was crucified. He was really buried. Left for dead. And then was sealed in a tomb. He was wrapped in cloth. Like he was dead. He was dead as dead gets. And the tomb is empty. The tomb is empty. Because he is powerful over sin. He is powerful over Satan. And he is powerful over death. He has risen again. Jesus is alive. Amen. He is alive. So many, so many of the famous religious leaders have as part of their celebration going to that leader's grave. You go to that leader's grave and you, you celebrate them. You can go to Muhammad's grave and, and see where he's buried, see his bones. It's a big religious celebration for the Islam people. You can go and see where Buddha died and there's a big celebration there. Um, you can go and see Bruce Lee's tomb right here in Seattle. People will go there. The anniversary is his death. We love to go visit grave sites, right? My grandfather was just buried and he was a vet of the Navy, and he got to be buried in this um, beautiful memorial for only veterans, and you can go and see where all these different war heroes have died and visit their tomb, and they are there. Christians don't go and visit the tomb because our Savior isn't there. There's no tomb for us to go and revive and see his bones and see where he is because he's resurrected. Because that tomb is empty. Because our Savior, our God, our leader, has power over sin, Satan, and death. Does he care for you? Look at the cross. Is he powerful? Look at the empty tomb. Jesus. Cares for you, and he is powerful. And because of those things, we can have faith. And we can start to become type of people who don't fear. You become the type of person who can be in a scary circumstance and have peace. The Bible called this, calls this peace that transcends understanding. Meaning you're in this storm boat. Like look at Jesus' peace in the boat. That transcends understanding. Right? Water's crashing in, waves going nuts, and he's sleeping. 
That doesn't make, that's not peace that makes sense. But he knows who his father is. He knows his heavenly father cares for him. He knows his heavenly father is all powerful. And so he can sleep in this death-defying storm. That's, what, that's the life Jesus invites us into. Who wouldn't, who wouldn't love to just be fully free from fear and anxiety? It'd be great. I'm all for that. One practical way we get there is to immerse ourselves in the story of God. Immerse yourself in God's word so you can grow in seeing how much God cares for you and growing in seeing how powerful he is. The story of God just gives us example after example after example after example of both of those truths. And then cry out to him. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for how much you love every person in this room. I thank you for how much you care for every person in this room. Jesus, you have power over their life. You uphold the universe by the word of your power. Jesus, help us to follow you. And Lord, I pray that the men and women in this room, that we would grow, grow into the type of men and women that have peace that transcends understanding. We would grow into the type of person who could face something that's really scary and not feel fear. Not because the situation's not scary. This boat ride was freaky. This is one freaky boat ride. But because we know who our God is, we know who our shepherd is, we know who our Savior is, and even if we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil. We're not going to look at the future and look at the political future and fear it. We're not going to look at sickness and fear it. We're not going to look at coronavirus and fear it. We're not going to look at others' opinions and fear it. We're not going to look at our job situation and fear it. We're not going to look at areas that just seem too dark and demonic and there's nothing God can do here. It's just too messed up. We're not going to fear that. As the song says, I'm no longer a slave of fear. I am a child of God. Good shepherd who cares for us and who has absolute authority.